do 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 switch mania playcast welcome to episode 76 of the switch mania playcast the new season so oh yeah season four begins and barry's still passed out somewhere jp (laughs) (laughs) i would think that that would be inserted with jp is not here so uh (laughs) new season New season, new fun. We were going to cover the direct, which we'll have to make episode 77, which is fine. So, JP and I get to talk about what we've, what we've been playing, which will be fun, and lots of premium talk. So, if you, okay. you want to hear about premium, stay tuned. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, season four, we already joked, and this was in our like group thread, that this will be the season where we have this astral chain game we're supposed to play, and JP <laughs> will never open it. So, that'll be the ongoing joke. So, JP, have you opened astral chain? No. No. <laughs> I, I, I think I've looked at the case at this point, so <laughs> I'm curious what everybody's thoughts are. What episode will JP open this? <laughs> We're going to do a little bit of a poll, a premium <laughs> poll. No, a playcast poll. There we go. Um, will JP play the game? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had some fun over the last couple weeks of getting lots of premium done, so we figure we'll update everybody with what premium edition has going on, because, you mm-hmm. know... Like, as of today, we should be shipping, but there's a damn snowstorm in Texas somehow that just doesn't want Premium Edition to ship their game. <laughs> I don't know. I posted a picture on social media, like Pablo Escobar um, from the show Narcos, where he's just, like, standing around, looking around, like, us uh-huh. waiting for our games to ship, because it's already off. We're Literally, all they have to do is arrive, and we shipped all the, everybody who's, who's pre-ordered. Like, it's ridiculous. It's funny. <laughs> We're so close. We are so close, and I'm sitting here um, focused on getting our Series 2 games ready, and mm-hmm. we ha- we've only announced one, which is a robot named Fight, but Series 2 will have more than one game, and right. I'm working on all of them at the same time. I don't even know if I want to tease how many. I don't think we've teased how many we're doing for Series 2. So. No, I don't think we've teased, but it is interesting that I've seen people going, oh yeah, their next game is, is a robot named Fight, and I'm like, no, that's just the next game we had announced after, you know, in our direct, but that's not the next game that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely think that's interesting because I think a lot of people know about, obviously, Robot Named Fight now, they're very excited, and it's going to be one of those games that has that following that we've all been waiting for a physical, but mm-hmm. people, I mean, as far as I know, we really haven't even teased out like the genre or the type of game or, or anything like that for the next one we're going to announce so it's going to be interesting to see uh what everybody thinks but i know i know we're excited for it oh yeah they're they're all um excellent games we're choosing yep. really really fun titles to, to yep. release and that's going to be our continuation going forward um Interestingly, let's uh, let's do sad tweets, JP. Um, you mentioned something to me before we recorded, and we want to address everything on the cast. And what was it? There was a thread about was it Forever Limited, and it somehow went to premium. And yeah. it was pretty funny. Is like what we like JP sees all everybody. Like I didn't see it, but JP sees all. But the thing is, is that there's some interesting. I wouldn't say I would say kind of misinformation, but just because we haven't released our games yet, like we ha- we don't have them shipped yet. Once we have them shipped, like almost everything that was released there that was talked about there is no is not like a hundred percent true. So right. let's let's talk about it. Sure. 
So the the thread that I came across was in one of our Facebook groups, and it wasn't even about us. We weren't even nope. tagged. I just ended up reading in and then seeing the comments. But it started with a person asking about Forever Limited, which is one of the newest uh, European physical publishers. Um, mm-hmm. They are an off-branch of Forever Entertainment who helped publish and bring Panzer Dragoon to the Switch, among other games. So now they, you know, they put their hand into the physical publishing side and... The question was just if anyone else has already pre-ordered their first four games, the person commented on the pricing because shipping is pretty much a flat fee anywhere in the world. So whether you buy one game or four and bun- or bundle four games, you're paying the same shipping, which is just it's just very high because it's shipping from Poland, I believe. Yeah. So um, somebody asked about it whether you know they're a legitimate company. So another person responded with pretty much what I just said that they're part of this other publishing company that is legitimate. You shouldn't you know be concerned but then it just jumped into about us which i thought was interesting because it was a (laughs) completely different person and the comment was that to that person forever limited didn't interest them like premium edition and at first i'm reading this i'm thinking are they talking about like the forever limited's premium like uh limited collector editions yeah about us and then i started you know reading more of the comments and it was about us Um, so I'll just summarize, but essentially the person felt that for the price that we have for our games versus other companies, you know, it's not justified or the titles weren't interesting or there's too many companies out there right now doing it. And I guess as we're the newest ones, you know, we're the name that's being brought up. And I just, I thought it was interesting, um, because I don't know how we entered that conversation, but like Jeff said, I think it's good to address Address anybody's well, thoughts or, or feedback, and then you know hopefully we can just help justify how we set our price, what our releases are about, and especially for those just tuning into us, you can learn a little bit more. So one thing to keep in mind, we're still one of the newer kids on the block. We're unproven because our games haven't shipped yet. So I get a little bit of the um you know the timidness of everything Mm -hmm. and if we're the company that breaks the limited model i mean we're making a record somewhere jp um (laughs) (laughs) it's ridiculous like but there's so many games out there that need a physical that it's like okay well we're gonna pick up some stuff that connect with us and i mean super blood hockey is a weird title i love it we we all love it but Mm -hmm. it's not gonna connect with everyone okay Right. Um, the other one, which is weird, which JP and I talked about it, and we're like, yeah, we didn't really market it correctly, is the Pigeon Dev Games Collection, because really the marquee titles are Awesome P1 and 2 by Pigeon Dev. Like, those yep. games are amazing. They're known. They have their own separate f- physical releases. We're like, we'll do a four-pack. We'll give people extra games yep. for no extra price. Um, and we just did it by the developer, which is kind of like what other companies have done. Well. Right. I mean, that was kind of a, a mistake on our part because we would have said the awesome P1 and 2 multi-pack with bonus games of Bucket Knight and Explosive Jake. I think it would have marketed better. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's true. It could, it could have, uh, because, especially mm-hmm. since awesome P1 and 2 are the two games in that collection that got physical releases on other platforms. So it yes. was known already. Yes. Um, but, you know, and so, like, those are the things where our first two titles, we, we went very timid with them too because they're they're a little bit smaller of a release but we did that on purpose because you know it's our first two releases we didn't want to start with four like forever limited or anything and put too many eggs in one basket to where we couldn't release them our goal was no matter what we're shipping these two games like that's 
bar none, we're right. shipping out to everybody that supports us. No matter what, we're gonna have two games out there. Um, and you know, it's for what it's worth, it's been great. Like we have a lot of support. Um, are we sold out? No, but we're a new company, and maybe we broke the mold in limited run <laughs> companies, <laughs> limited game companies, limited run and super rare and strictly limited. Maybe we're like the the one that broke the camel's back. I don't think so. Um, but is things slowing down? Yes. Do you need to collect every single game? Unless you're JP or Barry? No. <laughs> like, you don't have to. I don't collect everything. I collect what I like. Um, am I going to collect everything that we release? Well, yes, I'm making it, but I also <laughs> am hand-picking, and right. so is JP. Like, JP and I have to play the games, and part of what we're going to talk about today is, guess what, people? Spoiler alert. Some of these games, we're talking about whether we're going to sign them or not. Um, right. We're not going to say whether we are or not, but if any of the games we talk about today interest you, let us know, and you know maybe we'll reach out and, and and make it a make it a physical because there's a bunch of games. I want to say I at least got five that we're going to talk about today, like shortly. Mm-hmm. Not going to go in depth like an episode, but um, there's five games here that you know we were playing from developers, and they're all solid. But are we releasing them or not? I mean, I'm, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> they're not part of series three though, uh, right. or, or series two or three though. Um, but that being said, though. Yeah, we're the we're the straw that breaks Campbell's back. Okay, so that covers though the title selection, right? Like, is mm-hmm. it super solid? I mean, here's the thing: Super Blood Hockey a few years back was everybody was talking about it because it was just such a crazy game. And to me, I love that. Um, awesome P one and two are super fun, and Bucket Knight is is awesome. Explosive Jake is a clone of Bomberman. If you like Bomberman, it's cool. It's a bonus game. Um, our pricing was a standard, you know, $35 for Pigeon Dev and then shipping, which we have free shipping at 40 bucks. So mm-hmm. if the other companies are charging 40 bucks plus shipping plus tax, which some of the companies like Limited Run do, you pay 10 bucks more than what they show on the tag anyways. So I think JP and I have talked about it and we're going to not have the free shipping because... People are judging us based off of what the website price is mm-hmm. and not realizing, even though it says in giant things, as, as we've realized people don't read, um, even though it says in big text, free shipping, mm-hmm. people don't realize that the shipping's free and they're saying, oh, they're charging 40 bucks. And it's like, well, right. it's, it's $40, but that's what you're paying is $40. So we'll just do like for Pigeon Dev after it's shipping because we're not going to change the pre-orders, but we'll change it back and we'll we'll charge exactly what we're charging because, again, it's a four-pack, but it's also, you know, we're trying to make things affordable, but also we got to be able to print everything and make all the physical items. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to do the normal thing. Um, we do the taxes on our side. We, we take that out of the, the item prices, so we're not going to double dip on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll make things a little simpler um, we are, we do have issues right now shipping to the UK through Video Games Plus. I do know that they're doing an update next week. I hope it's a good update because they won't even tell us, which worries me. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, they mentioned that on Monday there should be an update for UK customers. Um, we'll share it. My guess yeah. is that they should be giving a time frame as to when that turns back on. I know they turned it off because of Brexit, so they may just be working out the logistics but on are, that. Are you and- not worried, though, JP? Because, I mean, we're talking to one of the business owners mm-hmm. on Skype and he won't even say, yeah, it's, it's a couple weeks. He didn't even give us that. So that worries me that we're, you know, signed in a partnership with them for distribution. 
Honestly, though, it would be a lot simpler if we just offer it from our site anyways. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that would be a different a different boat. Interesting, though. Um, so, what's your take on all this, JP? So, I gave, like, my piece on just the title selection. We'll talk about the actual physical, um, yeah. what we offer separately. Um, yeah. But based off title selection, what's your take on it from us? Because, I mean, purposely, like, we went with what we went with for a reason. Yeah, and also, I mean, what you have to realize is that we have two games coming out and five games preserved. I mean, that's how we see it is that we wanted yes. to do this because we love physical games, but we also love the passionate developers behind these games. And that's who we purposely try and partner with. There are people who are excited about their games getting, you know, getting made all the years they put into it, the physicals coming out. And we have two games, but really it's it's five eShop games that are now on the cartridge and can be played for you know, years to come for as long as your switch is working and you have our cartridge. That's how I see it. And yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion on the price because they always have different comparison points. They're going to be looking at the eShop price. They're going to be looking at other companies. They're going to be looking at the items that they like and seeing if the price is justified. For us, it's very simple. We look at our costs. We're not greedy and we're pricing it where we can we can pay for everything and also pay the developers and, and keep this company growing. But we're not, we're, you know, obviously we're not selling a game and, and buying boats after each release. That's not even, even close to that. So I think people just have to understand that every company is at different stages, right? I mean, if you're going to compare us to companies that are five years old or more, they are established. They have their process mm-hmm. down for us. We're learning this. I mean, from even from... Super Blood Hockey to Pigeon Dev, we were able to adjust things. And that's how we were able to do free shipping on, on our second title and things like that. And that's how we continue to grow. Every release, we're looking at all of the components, mm-hmm. which I know, Jeff, we're going to talk about something that we're changing. Um, yep. But that's 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 really what the gist of it is, is that we look at our costs, not anybody else's, ours, and we, we do it as fair as we can to make it as affordable, along with everything that we want to be able to offer in those releases. Okay, so um the other thing we got to we got to talk about is this is also a reflection and we're going to see a little bit of it online that we're going slow. Yeah. We didn't launch four games. We didn't we don't launch a game every other week like, you know, a limited run or um super rare where they're like every couple weeks they're having a new game. That's not how we roll. We're premium edition but we're also taking our time and offering really cool stuff Mm -hmm. um so i mean we could have already announced game three which is not robot name five or a robot name five or you know another game or another game or another like we could do that because we have some other games signed um you know i mean we have sunshine anthology we have sunshine manor camp sunshine they're going to be a double pack um that, that are coming in the future um, we can, we can obviously already have taken pre-orders for that and make people wait a year, holding the money. Like that's not our style. Right. Um, those that supported the developer, they're supporting the development of the game for for Sunshine. Um, that's not necessarily going into the physical, except for what with with was with the Kickstarter. But in the in the end, though, people don't realize is the developer has that. That's for the development of the game. Like mm-hmm. we'll do the physical later. Like we're here to support Nintendo Switch development. Um, we're a different beast of a company. Um, some people aren't gonna like that because they just lump everybody into like, oh, they're a game company, um, which is right. weird because you know I've been a book publisher for 
you know, over six years now, um, seven years now. Um, and it's interesting because that's much more personal. Whereas mm-hmm. this, like immediately you're just like a big business. And it's like, well, no, we're still just JP and Jeff here doing premium. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just happen to be approved by Nintendo. And ironically, you know, if we're the straw that broke the camel's back, it took us so many years to get here just applying to to work with Nintendo that it's like, well, I mean, do we just because we have a shift in the Nintendo Switch, do we just not follow our dream of having games on the Switch? Right. <laughs> like, like let, let's just, oh, it's too late, JP. Like, oh, we're, we're, we're approved. Let's not, let's not do what we mm-hmm. set out to do. Like, so... In the end, um, we're going to go by the beat of our own drum, of course. Um, and hopefully everybody enjoys what we're doing, you know. Um, so when it comes to the physical items. So I think in that thread, somebody was like, based off of what this item has, they have a sticker sheet and a pin and all this stuff with their with their release, but Premium's not doing that. And it's like, well, we're offering a card inside the inside the case, which other companies offer cards. Um, but, and we have a full color manual, so we're, we're offering that, but we also have the slipcase and bonus thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the item JP alluded to earlier that we are going to be modifying, removing, whatever, offer later, um, is the sticker inside the case. Um, we didn't realize how much that was going to be after we got the quote. It was multiple thousands of dollars to add a sticker. <laughs> like like i don't understand like we can go at kinko's right now a couple hundred bucks and get some stickers and like literally interesting that <laughs> it was like thousands and thousands of dollars to add a sticker because there were so many rules and requirements um by packaging facilities um i know once you saw jp you started to get that business mind right mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> and, and i realized that you know a sticker is nice but to us, there was something else that's more value added mm-hmm. that we haven't put in our mock-up. So if you look at any of our product descriptions, you don't see this additional item. You'll probably see it after the first two releases because at that point, it's not a surprise anymore. Oh, yeah. um, but at least for these first two, we haven't talked about it. Um, so while well, we may and have... And we don't yeah. want somebody to copy us because we've already seen it with the with the premium strategy guides, which we marketed from day one. In, and this was you know August um the guides and now you're seeing guides come out and it's like some of the guides are cool i would say the the best one out there that's come after we announced was dandara that one's mm-hmm. pretty solid really clean i love it and i'm a creator so i'm not gonna you know trash talk people who are doing awesome stuff um but like all the other ones are like art books and stuff and they're saying that they're guides and, and it's like but they all came right after us and we said yeah we're gonna innovate and start bringing back guides and then all of a sudden all the companies are doing said stuff. So to me, it's like if we announce our cool item, our extra item, people are going to copy us. I'm surprised nobody's been doing our challenges. Um, <laughs> like, you know you're going to see patches out now because we're doing the challenge patches. You know you're going to see people copying us with patches. And I'm okay being an innovator and having people do stuff. Um, I think it was one of our team members. It might have been Rowan or one of the others were like, yeah, but we don't want people to think that when we're the first ones doing it or ones trying to bring it to the limelight that then everybody else is like, oh, well, Premium's just following them. When in reality, we started it 
eight months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, interesting. Um, I, I said it was just like uh, with my complete NES book. Um, I released my complete NES book announced it did the kickstarter and then it was pat the nes punk did his ultimate nes a year or two after i released mine and he got because he's a big time youtuber and has a giant following everybody thought i was following in his footsteps i'm like oh no i released it years before and he actually told me not to release my book which was kind of uh not so dissimilar to the uh, switch community um (laughs) (laughs) but but um interestingly you know i still have people coming to me with that and even when he decided to do a super nintendo book my super nintendo book was already published so it's like one of those things where some people will take what another company does and put their own spin on it it's not that they're quote unquote copying us it's that they're like oh that's cool i want to do that too um i am fine with that by the way um so but there's certain stuff where it's like well We'll just wait to announce it, which is our bonus item. Um, it's gonna first person that does the unboxing, you're gonna see it. <laughs> and I'm trying to hold off JP from being the first because he really wants to. <laughs> <laughs> but, I won't be the first. But to us, it's it's really cool. Um, I'm not gonna say we're the first ever to do it because they're out there, but we're putting our own spin on it. Right. And we're gonna make it super cool, and it's gonna be something that gives our games a almost like a collector's edition feel to just our regular releases and that's Mm kind of what we want it's like a collector's edition so um and then our retro editions have a retro stuff with it with the you know the retro boxes and the extra pins and steel books and with the deluxes and you know i mean like all of our editions build upon each other like an intricate puzzle right um as yeah, we go on, like. it's, it's it's your level of, of collectability yeah. and and what you want out of our releases. Whether you want to just play the game, you go with the premium and you get the game, the slipcover, you get the challenge card. You want a little bit more for like display purposes or the cool items where you know up to the deluxe with CDs and and the premium guide and like Jeff said, the steel book, the pin, things like that. Yeah, we we were offering that as well. Um, and I think that's what's fun is that you know we have those levels based on on what your investment of, of our titles you want it to be. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think from that thread too, you're seeing a lot of people getting burnt out and it's kind of like JP on season one of the Playcast, where you were doing all of the things with all the collector's editions and it was, it was hitting you. Right. Um, when you, when you then went to your current focus of just getting all the titles without going crazy and yep. like, you don't have to collect everything from every single title. Um, I, we appreciate the support from everyone and we want everybody to play our games, but mm-hmm. if somebody's not into super blood hockey, okay. Like if somebody's not into platformers, old school game boy style platformers, like Austin P one and two. Okay. Like that's mm-hmm. your, your prerogative. Just like it's you're talking about the entire company like we got some awesome i mean a robot name fight's amazing like anybody that tries to tank on that game they're just they're just throwing out you just haven't shit. tried it yet that's really what's happening yeah exactly so i'm just saying if you're basing our entire company but you know we have a robot name fight you know we have camp sunshine and if you haven't played camp sunshine go play camp sunshine it's on steam it's amazing like he's it, like he's still porting it over right mm-hmm. now um and i mean that soundtrack with that game's amazing and oh, yeah. we're gonna be oh, doing yeah. I mean, some I, cool I, stuff i love our first two titles 
and I love what we have planned. I, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. I think, I think in in the few weeks once we start shipping and people are are seeing, seeing exactly what the challenge cards are, seeing those patches get delivered. You know, if you complete the challenge, seeing those slip covers and just the quality of the manuals. I think you really get you start to get a feel of what we're going to be offering mm-hmm. and you know the type of games we're going to be bringing because. I mean, the whole point of the challenge card is, is to play the games, and we're picking games that we want people to play. We want people to open up because they're just fun games, and that's that's the experience we want you to have. Is that we want you to have fun playing our games, and then you get an achie- we have an achievement system where you just get an additional cool goodie just for literally playing our game and showing love to the developer. Yeah, well, and the interesting thing is too is that like everybody's like, oh, well, this company is not giving. I don't know, like the the talking about the the cost of what it takes to make an item Mm -hmm. versus the perception of the community and everybody wants everything for the cheapest amount possible which i don't blame them but if you think about it we we work with rowan right what does rowan charge for his unlicensed manuals about 12 15 dollars 12 to 15 dollars plus shipping so i'm just saying is if we had 12 to 15 dollars just for a manual people will crucify us we can't do that however comma we have creators that are used to like well if roan's like well if i just create my own manual on the side i can charge 15 bucks whereas premium can't pay me 15 dollars a manual for every single game they release right like you know what i mean like i get it it costs a lot less for meal bulk ordering whatever but that being said it's like you know it's getting the creators too is like i i'm i'm the the artist and the creator for most of the stuff that we do for premium mm-hmm. and but i like the styles of a rowan but we can't entice anybody to do some really really cool stuff if like everybody's right. like well I, you need to charge three dollars for your physical release but it costs four dollars just for the <laughs> the switch car right like, i don't know um we're also not printing 20 30,000 copies we're printing five thousand right which you know us bundling together our series stuff together does help a little but it doesn't help get it down to you know what we would love to charge to be able to charge like thirty dollars for a release or something we're we're definitely not there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gotta but love it. <laughs> but with each release, you know, we continue to look at our costs. We see what's what's doable, and then of course, you know, the idea is that we get to grow. We get to keep building, and hopefully, get more people learning about our company, and and that and and that just continues to help. I think overall, because the more games you're making, obviously the lower certain items become because you're purchasing more. So it's just, uh, it's like a ripple effect. And that's that's how we start. We start slow. And mm-hmm. the idea is that we get to grow and build with everybody in the community. And yeah, I mean, like I said, we're going to keep looking at everything we do, every single release. Um, and we're trying to make it as affordable and fair as possible. Exactly. And I mean, our first two releases, we set a, we set a pricing yep. um, based on what it costs to make it. In the future, if we can, you know, based on the title and everything, if we can do more. But I will tell you one thing. We don't base the price of the game physically based off of the cost of what it costs digitally. That is something that the developer and digital publisher set based off of the game title and what they think will mm-hmm. sell. That's not what we sell a physical game for. Physical game is what right. it costs for us to make it. Right. And based off of what we're, you know, paying the developers. 
So, mm-hmm. like for us, it's like, oh, well, this game's only going for five dollars on on the eShop, and it's normally ten. It's like, okay, we don't do eShop prices. That's not what any physical publisher does is eShop prices. We try. Um, if the game's a dollar on the eShop, we're not going to try to charge sixty dollars for the game. Right. But like, if it's a twenty dollar game or a fifteen dollar game, we're not changing our price down by five bucks. It's it still costs what it costs to make the physical. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's very true. Yeah, and that's something that is impossible to communicate to the the hordes of masses that are online. Um, but it's a reality, mm-hmm. right? It's not our prerogative to change our prices based off of a digital title. And then what that what the entire community is is telling us is, is that they don't want any company to sign a title that isn't twenty or thirty dollars on the eShop. Right. Which is then you're literally saying that all the developers that release a game that are under a certain price point, ten dollars or less, aren't making games that are worthwhile. And that's not the case. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. That and that is not what we're gonna do. So sorry people that want us to not focus on games or only focus on expensive titles like no no we're gonna go for the games that we love Mm -hmm. like that's just me um that being said jps um we're supposed to already have our games in hand and shipping but yes we were texas decided to have a blizzard i know i'm I'm thinking like anywhere i mean that everything's happening all over the world but i'm like the one state where we just really need just sunshine and puppy dog weather it's just Having this unprecedented weather of, mm-hmm. of, I mean, it's horrible what's going on. And obviously, first and foremost, we hope everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not trying to say that <laughs> that's not important. But yeah, no, it's, it's just, very important. <laughs> yeah, important for our releases. And it may have been delayed slightly, but I'm still optimistic that we should be having an update this week on, mm-hmm. on the status and possibly even something to show. But we're just well, like we were supposed to be update. in hand and shipping like on the 22nd like tomorrow but because of texas blizzard 2021 somehow um like we're probably pushed back another week or so it's like really like that's just murphy's law right there just kicking us in the butt Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yeah like we i mean we said first quarter so we're still really good first quarter is still all of next month Everybody, you will have your stuff well before that because we should already have had them. And everything is ordered and paid for So when it comes to the premium editions. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where we're just waiting. And we're waiting on production overseas for the retro and premium stuff, which if anybody knows of Chinese New Year, uh, the entire month of February is like kind of off limits for any kind of overseas production. Um, so like pretty, like this week we should be able to start getting all that production started. Um, so that's good. And then that'll be our retro and premium or our retro and deluxe editions. Yeah. Yeah, Cause everything else is already lined up. All the artwork pieces are already done, submitted, approved by Nintendo. Everyone, let me stomp on my feet. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it's, it's absolutely, we're just like waiting on production times at this point, which is pretty crazy to me. Right. But yeah, we're, we should be, people should start getting our premium editions in hand very shortly. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I mean, trust me, I'm, we're just like you. I mean, these may be our <laughs> games, but I want, I want that final version in my hands, opening it up on my shelf. I mean, trust me, I may be part of this company, but I'm 
still looking forward to our games. And just like everybody else, I want it in the mail. I want to open up that box, and I want to finally see our final release. He's still um, JP Switch Mania. Yeah, still JP Switch Mania. <laughs> that is absolutely the thing. Like he's he's not changing. <laughs> Even to our own company, I'm JP Switch Mania, where I I look forward to seeing all the like Jeff. Jeff is very tight lip. He he runs a, a closed ship here. He he works on things. He won't even show it to me sometimes because he knows how how much of a fanboy I am of wanting to show like that new little piece of A, B, or C. Mm. Um, so trust me, I'm just like you. I mean, when we when we roll out things, especially on in the newsletter, which I hope everybody is subscribed to, that's mm-hmm. where we show off a lot of the first looks at the Steelbook proof, the premium guide, you know, ages, what's going to look like, all those things. I'm looking forward to seeing those as much as everybody else, and it's the same thing with the actual release. I'm I'm very much waiting for that shipping confirmation where Jeff and I get the final look at the packaging, make sure everything is exactly how we talked about it, envisioned it, and then immediately after, it's shipping out. I mean, there's no reason to wait because those games will be manufactured, sealed, and well, ready and, to go. And keep in mind, I, I hold JP off for... One simple fact is is that I'm creating stuff, but it's not necessarily Nintendo approved. <laughs> so if That's JP true. goes and shares something, and then all of a sudden all the other physical companies see it because JP has a giant following, they're like, "Well, why do you have the Nintendo seal of quality on your boxes?" Because well, I thought it'd look cool, and JP <laughs> shared it. Damn it! <laughs> it's not on the actual like our retro boxes can't have the Nintendo seal of quality on the front. It was a cool thing to do. I will. I thought it'd be awesome to have a black box with it, but Nintendo, I asked nintendo they said no um so but jp wanted to share it so then and then he gets like companies going to him and going hey are you getting your stuff you know approved by nintendo we're like yes yes we are (laughs) looks like you're not doing things kosher it's like no jp just likes to share things yeah he's he's bad boy bad boy (laughs) uh too funny though but um, yeah, it's just interesting when it comes to the company, and it's we're gonna make progress. But yep. I guess we could go over what we've been playing. Yeah, yeah, we can. So first and foremost, um, we've both been playing Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, right? Yep. Oh yeah. So, My son more than me, but yes. Yeah. So it's an interesting story, and I go all the way up to yesterday um, with mine. But myself, like when I first got the game, I, um, you know, it's only a couple weeks old. Um, I played Bowser's Fear, went through it that weekend and played it and beat it. And it was, it's, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. when I say beat it, you get like half of the cat shines and you can beat Bowser's Fear. You don't need to get all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super fun. It's completely open world um, where everything flows and you can like walk between all the different worlds that flow naturally and... You know, it's uh, on a time cycle, kind of like uh, Castlevania Two Simon's Quest, <laughs> where like then Bowser comes out and starts attacking everything as you're running through. Which you can also, um, which I used the Bowser amiibo to mm-hmm. bring that upon whenever I needed to, because there's certain like Bowser blocks that he has to blow up. Well, I just used the amiibo so that way he could go there and blow up that box. So I have to like wait. <laughs> oh, that's what it does. It'll bring him out when you mm-hmm. want him to. Yeah. Oh, so. Nice. I utilized that, and then um, eventually when you get near the end of the game, you can't... So this is one thing that's a good uh, pro tip, is that when you get near the end of the game, this isn't getting all the shines, this is getting the halfway shines or whatever, Bowser won't go away. 
So be sure that there's a couple shines that you can get easily because I was like struggling having to do this strict platforming spot where I had to kill these certain things mm-hmm. in order to get the shine that I needed, the only one that I could see. And like Bowser sitting there trying to kill me at the same time. It was insane. <laughs> like that became tough. Um, but that was super fun. I enjoyed it. But my daughter for the entire first weekend is waiting for JP and his son so we could play online. And she only wanted to play online. Um, interesting. But um, procrastination of homework the the week after, um, she decided that her and I were going to play. So we played a little bit. And we started on her own account. And we were playing Mario 3D World together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going through. And she's surprisingly, I mean, she just turned nine. But surprisingly, she's, she's good. She doesn't die that often. Um, especially in the first three worlds that we got through, she barely, barely died. And we're going through now in world four and then five, she started to die a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I could tell she's getting a little frustrated. And then JP mentioned something about the super leaf that I forgot about, where if you die so many times, you see a super leaf. And I'm like, we never saw that. <laughs> it just <laughs> so, means you're, you're good gamers. So yesterday, um, London actually played by herself so she could get the super leaf because I told her about it. It's like, <laughs> JP said that there's a super leaf if you die like five times. We have to die, I think, 12 oh my God. in two-player mode. We don't have 12 lives. So you have to die 12 times in two-player mode to get the super leaf to show up. I think it's 12, um, whereas it's only five in single-player. Mm-hmm. So like she went and died five times and, and got the super leaf and was able to like jump through. It doesn't help with her platforming because... She's on a section where you have to like swing on the um there's like these little like trapeze mm-hmm. swings and stuff and she had to do that. And so she was dying a few times. But she still got through the level. Um and I don't think you get the super leaf if you go back to a level you've already completed. I don't think oh, you, okay. I don't think so because she died she was in the, the cherry level, she went back to it and she couldn't get the super leaf. She died like six or seven times purposely. She's just like jumping off the platform so she could die, by the way. So she could get mm-hmm. super leaf. Which is hilarious. Um and also, apparently, I don't have it yet, but the Cat Mario Amiibo gives you a Super Bell. Oh. So you get the Super Leaf version of the cat suit. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be a thing where, like, I might have to get the Cat Mario Amiibo just for London so she can run through as Kitty Peach mm-hmm. and run through. But the thing is, is that, so every night last week... Um, London and I would play through one world of Mario. So we're in either level th- world five or six now um, together. Mm-hmm. So That's it's been cool. really fun to, yeah, for us to just great, play. And, yeah, and it's it's awesome. And I know you got your own story, JP. Yeah, so, you know, it's probably the first game that my son, who's five, was counting down. I mean, we literally had it on the calendar, counting down the days over the last... I mean, really, since COVID started and he was home, you know, we had to work. So in between us watching them, we had to allow him to do something on his own while we work. So he got into the Switch and it started with Animal Crossing. He became obsessed with Animal Crossing. And then he discovered the NES and the SNES online apps. And he just started becoming a gamer. I mean, it literally went from me showing him Paw Patrol and trying out Mario 1 to him just literally finding games like Metroid, the NES Metroid, and just started playing it and Donkey Kong Country, and Mario, he just gravitated towards. And over the course of the year, almost, he beat Mario 3, Mario World, 
we would start playing games together. So we beat Luigi's Mansion 3 together. He he went through Captain Toad on his own and is on like the third book almost done through uh, New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe 2 that had come out. We had gone through Super Mario Odyssey and then I showed him the trailer for Super Mario 3D World. And the first thing was he watched the trailer over and over and over again, memorized everything about it, started talking about it 24-7, and then the game came out. So the first thing he said is, I want to play Bowser's Fury. I want to play as Bowser Jr. That's the character he started to like. We tried it the first night, got through, like, I think, 10 or 11 of the, um, the shines, and then he wanted to play the actual 3D world. So we went through the whole first world together, played it in co-op, but then I had to go back to work, and he kept playing and kept playing and got to the end of the game. And, <laughs> and I remember going, like, I thought we were going to play Gary. He's like, yeah, I wanted to get to the end of the game so we could beat it together. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I wanted to beat the whole game with you, not the whole, not just the end. <laughs> so what was interesting is that he, you know, would ask me for help on a few levels, but he got to the end, and then I realized that he must have gotten the invincibility leaf, which is... I mean, not an issue. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. And, and the fact that even with the invincibility leap, you still have to get through the level. You still have to understand how to get to the flag. And he did. I mean, he was beating boss battles. He was he was teaching himself how to play. And it's been amazing watching him absolutely just love this game. And to the point now where, you know, we had the direct, which we'll go into next time, but they showed Mario Golf. And he just gravitated towards the next Mario game. And he's just so excited. Like, even... Yesterday, we went to my sister-in-law's, and he's like, I want to beat all of Mario 3. And he literally started from the first level and got to World 7 before we had to go home. And he's just devastated. He's like, I got the hammer suit. I wanted to finish the game. I'm like, I'll get you the whistles. We'll get back there. No issues. But, like, he's just obsessed now. He, he is honestly, like, 100% a gamer. Um, and, yeah, going back to 3D World just loves it and and that's what makes me love the game too is that he's just like he 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 just loves boomerang mario he loves all the suits he loves the level designs and it's just it's been fun i mean i i mean we'll go into our recommendation which i think we'll both say is you definitely need to be getting this game but it's just it's so much fun i mean it really is i i i'm now at the point where i i feel like i missed out i over this past week i'm like i didn't get to see any of the worlds except whenever you want to go back to like a toad house and get some power-ups but the game just is fantastic oh yeah it's awesome and interestingly um you know there's a, a kitsune uh suit too not just the raccoon so the raccoon there's also a kitsune which is like luigi's a kitsune which is some kind of like raccoon-ish thing um but it's something that my daughter has played in roblox Roblox. Oh, really? So, like, she had a kitsune that was with her and stuff. So, like, it gave her a deeper appreciation of everything <laughs> with with the kitsune, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, I honestly though, it's the same. Like, I love that you had the story with with Joshi just now, like coming into his own, and that's exactly why when people were criticizing Nintendo for adding the assist of the Super uh -huh. Leaf, I was like, "You're crazy," because we have kids. Oh yeah, I mean. I, it was something I was thinking about today, even with another game I'm playing. And ironically enough, we didn't talk about this topic here of these enhancements. Um, but it was something that was on my mind that I actually wanted to pull the community because mm -hmm. I'm playing Final Fantasy IX right now. And oh, one nice. of the things, 
and one of the things that they're doing with the older Final Fantasies on the Switch, they're including the enhancements that I guess they've also done on, on other consoles, but, you know, specifically for 9, there's like, I think, seven seven game enhancements that you can turn on. So, obviously, it's the max health, the max MP, instant level up all of your abilities, infinite money, um, no battles, speed up the battles, or do like the max hits, which is the 9999 mm -hmm. on attack. And, you know... I, I definitely want to get into this more next time and, and poll the community and get feedback because there's two schools of thought. One is that I just want to play the game and whether that's I have limited time or I just want the story or I don't have time to grind, you know, I see the benefits. Then other people go, well, if you use that, you're really taking away from the experience of mm -hmm. how the game was meant to be played. And now transition to Mario where you have the same thing. And I looked online to see exactly how you get the invincibility leaf. It says you have to lose five consecutive lives, and then the box appears. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you're invincible throughout the level. However, you don't get the sparkling star at the flagpole and, you know, things like that. But to me, I've got a five-year-old who, honestly, if he could not beat a level, maybe he's, you know, on world two or three, he gets stuck, and he can't go anywhere else. You're frustrated. You're five years old, and you're frustrated, and you're done with that game. And here... He's able to use the leaf to get through the level, which you still have to play. I mean, even if it, you're just running through the enemies, you still have to know how to jump, how to swing, how to figure out to get to the end of the level. So you're still learning. And for a five-year-old, I want him to enjoy the game. I don't need him to be a speedrunner. I don't need him to be able to play perfectly like he's an adult. I need him to have fun with the game. And to me, that's exactly what the leaf does. It allows him to get past the point where he gets stuck. Um, and it, it gets him to experience the entire game and have fun with it. And as he gets older, he'll go back and realize that he won't need the leaf at some point. And oh, yeah. he'll just, and, and, um, my last point is that even with like the NES and SNES online, you have the rewind feature. And what's interesting is he, he knows exactly how to do the rewind. You hold down the ZRZL for a few seconds, but I watch him play and he's been teaching himself how to play the games with yeah. the rewind feature. And to me, I don't see this cheating. I, I, I literally see this just amazement Learning. that a five-year-old who couldn't even play, you know, the, the, the mini bosses, which was like those, like, um, like tough turtle looking guys that kind of go back and forth boom, boom. in Mario three, he literally got to the point where he would used to hand me the switch and go, I can't do it. It's too hard <laughs> to now. He's like, watch daddy. And he goes to the to part. He either beats it now on the first try or if he gets hit he rewinds and tries a different strategy until yeah. he beats it and he does that for all the levels and it's just amazing because to me i'm just like you're literally five years old and you've now taught yourself how to go through the airships how to fight the you know the koopa kids all by doing this and now he he gets to world seven on his own even by rewinding but still i mean i couldn't do that at five years old like i didn't have the the mental capacity to understand how to keep practicing like that and it's just it's amazing that you know nintendo offers that and to me you're 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 developing gamers well and to uh, me too that's nintendo being ahead of the curve because now you're seeing in modern games where it's called accessibility options that's yep. what that is yep. and so like they created accessibility options but because nintendo and the thing is, they always said Nintendo was for kids. Well, Nintendo fanboys are not. Like, we grow, we've all grown up, and I consider myself part of it. Um, we've all grown up with the system. So yeah. we're like, oh, we don't need this stuff. Well, I mean, you're talking the exact specific thing. Like, you got newer generation of gamers that are growing yeah. up in a 
different world with yep. everything at their fingertips. And now you have the ability, especially with the rewind feature, to um, sit there and teach yourself how to play the game yeah. and learn strategies, which is, we've had this in emulators for 20 years. Oh, yeah. So, I remember using them. Yeah, so it's not like it's not been there. It's just now we're creating it where we can do it on the press of a button within the actual game. Now, I agree with those online saying you shouldn't go brag about you uh, right. mastering a game if you can't have it mastered it fully. Because <clears throat> I would say fully mastering a game is still being able to play it in right. normal mode. Playing it in easy mode is not mastering it. But can you enjoy it and beat it? Yes, absolutely. And it's awesome. And the reason and the way your son is learning how to play games is exactly why we should have more of it. Yeah. Like, and we think, need it. And I think what's crazy is that I posted yesterday, but he literally showed me a um, like a, a music block, like those white blocks with the music note mm-hmm. in, I think, level five of World 1 of Mario 3. Because he's like, I was like, oh, let me play. So I start playing, and I obviously I've beaten this game. I've played it you know, since it came out. And I get to this one point where I jump out of the cavern, like the ice, I think it was an ice cavern maybe, or whatever it was, and I start moving. He's like, no, Dad. He's like, go right there and jump. And I'm like, why? There's nothing there. He's like, just do it. There's a <laughs> block. And sure enough, there's a block that, you know, pops you all the way into the sky, and then it has, like, a, a quick side-scrolling little thing yeah. in the clouds. And I swear to God, I never knew about this block. And I asked him, I'm like, how do you know about that? He's like, oh, I played it once. And I'm just like, you're, you're literally even remembering things. And he plays mm-hmm. through levels, and I, I watch him go to the – the pipe that he knows to go that'll go down. He knows exactly where to jump. And it's because he's just playing and replaying. And and it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it, it really so is. So the rewind me- features giving him that one more time mentality without having the death. Because back yeah. in the day when we died, we just kept playing. Because that's all we yeah. had was one game. Now there's games everywhere. It's like, no, the rewind feature just allows you to go back in two seconds and not have to wait for the screen and start yeah. over. That's all it and is. What, and what's crazy is like, with the rewind feature, he's getting to the point where he's not needing to use it. Like, the World 1 now, I don't think he really even uses it. I mean, like, he's gotten to the awesome. point where he's, like, to him, he's mastered World 1 or World 2. Or he knows specific stages. And it's it's the new ones that allow him to go back and keep trying and enjoying it. And what's crazy is that I asked him, I said, well, what's your favorite Mario game? Do you like the old school ones? Do you like the new ones? He's like, I like all of them. And, <laughs> and this is helping him. I mean, it literally... Is, is allowing him to enjoy these games because at, at five I don't I the game is is difficult in certain parts but I don't want it to be frustrating because that turns somebody off especially at a young age if you can't do something x amount of times you're just going to move on to the next thing that you can and here it's allowing him to really enjoy the games that I grew up with and now I see him and he doesn't differentiate like mm-hmm. we don't play Odyssey or Mario Sunshine or 3D World. And I never hear him go like, I like these graphics. I like these, this gameplay. He's just like, all the, all the Mario games are fun. And he, mm-hmm. he's able to differentiate and understand like Captain Toad is a completely different game than the other ones. And he loves it. And it's just, it's great to see like, to him, the graphics do not matter one iota, which to me, it, it never should. It should be the gameplay. But he's able to enjoy games from the 80s, the 90s to a game that came out last week. And he's just able to have fun with all of them. And I think that's exactly what I think what people love Nintendo games is they're just fun. 
It'll be interesting to see how his tastes evolve while we still record and playcast even like as he grows up and comes into his own as a gamer because um london i want to say she was six or seven when Mm -hmm. she really started to get um super into like minecraft and things like that on her own Mm -hmm. um i mean but we played mario 64 like when she was like two or three um but she wasn't great at it um now i mean at nine she's she's pretty good now i mean Mm -hmm. she's many years beyond joshi but joshi's already learning things that that london didn't so it'll be interesting to see where he progresses as his skills come in and then as he starts to learn new new series because nintendo's polished man so like when you're talking other series oh yeah i mean right now obviously he's just full-on hardcore obsessed with mario so we've been going through the 3d collection we went through 64 which was the first time I've ever beaten it, and I beat it with him. And then we're playing through Sunshine, and we're hoping to finish before 3D World came out, but we didn't. But what's interesting is even when I get frustrated, and I'm dying and whatnot, he's like, Daddy, it's okay. It's supposed to get harder because you're getting closer to the end of the game. And like he's literally coaching (laughs) me to keep going when I'm just like, I can't stand the camera. I can't stand this jump that I can't make. And I mean, I got to give props. I think Sunshine is making me a better platformer gamer because, I mean, some of those levels are just impossible but mm-hmm. i just see him watching me for two hours on one level and he's not impatient he's literally like just keep trying you'll get it it's supposed to be hard <laughs> and yeah it's it's fun playing games with him as well i'm a little upset that he played through 3d world without me but the good news <laughs> is he he likes going back to it so we should be okay um but yeah i mean even when he found metroid i was like what are you playing and he's literally going through the screens and jumping up and learning power-ups and i'm thinking I definitely did not play Metroid any time before I was double digits. And this five-year-old is literally actually holding his own. And I'm just, I just, I, I, I'm amazed because I definitely wasn't even, I don't even think I was playing at five. I think I started at six. And to see him progress from Paw Patrol at the age of three to now, you know, these Mario games, it's just like, yeah, he's definitely a gamer and it's going to be so much fun, like just getting the new games that come out and playing them with them because one, you know, he's also learning to read now. So that the text heavy games, he'll get to enjoy more like Pokemon and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but yeah, you it, just have to open your games, JP. I know. Well, you know, what? <laughs> he's, he's helping me do it because you know, he, I tell him, I'm like, you know, daddy has like, I go, I say a lot of the switch games, but he goes downstairs and you know, I told him about Yoshi's crafted world and he's like, I want to play it. And I'm like, okay, well I got to open it. I got to let you enjoy it. So he's definitely uh, making me open a lot more games than I would have on my own. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, he's just, he's loving the Switch, and it's his favorite system, and that's all and, I could have. And bonus, just, we'll we'll start talking about those games, because I don't think we've done a Crafted World episode. No. And, and, and I mean, and I played it a while ago, and it's fun, and London, I played it, so. And, and it's funny, because <clears throat> for that one, Shanna overheard us, and she's like, I want to play it, but I'm yeah. not good. And Josh, she's like, it's okay, we'll play together. There's not really bad guys. He's like, you just, you walk around cute levels and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I, I think the one thing, I, the one negative thing I'll say about premium edition games is that I can't have him enjoy all of our games just yet because I'm like, oh, Super Blood Hockey, I guess I could turn off the blood and you could play it. But, uh-huh. you know, it's a little bloody for you, even at 8-bit. And, but I'm like, you know what? You could totally play Awesome P. Like, I think you could work on that one. But my goal is like... I awesome really P2, though, is brutally hard, man. Awesome, P, awesome P1 is, is pretty doable. Two, it ups it. 
I think I think my one goal is like I need to sign a game that's a family friendly, solid game that he can enjoy. Because um, I'm like I want him to like help announce a game, and it'd be weird holding having him hold up like Super Blood Hockey by Daddy, and it's like <laughs> yeah, probably not appropriate at, at five, but. Yeah, I, um, it's just it's just so much fun, and and to see him now actually getting excited for a new release because he watched the direct with me the whole thing, and you know after Mario he 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 just wanted more Mario, and he got that with Animal Crossing, but like he's literally watching these presentations with me now. He's counting down when a new game comes out, and once COVID mm-hmm. is done, I I really want to go to a store with him and just have him like go up to the counter with the game and and holding it in the car and things like I did when I was growing up because. It's just an experience. Yeah, London and I already do that, so that's amazing. It's fun. <laughs> like that's what we do. And I mean, so I have a good transition uh, yeah. to another game when we're talking about the rewind feature. But let's uh, give our recommendation for 3D World. I mean, it's obviously it's a it's an amazing game. Um, it's an okay no, Yeah, it's a fan. I mean, it's well worth it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a full price point game. I think it was fifty nine ninety nine. Which well, and like it. we can play where JP and Joshi and myself in London can all play together uh-huh. online. And the Bowser's Fury is fun. It really is a fun addition. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's short or not, to me, it doesn't really matter because it's just it's a cool concept. And, and honestly, it's two player want, only. Yeah, but it's still fun. But I, I I literally want a Godzilla Bowser game now because they can do it. <laughs> they absolutely can do it. And I mean, I I love it. I love the addition to it. And also. I think the the really fun thing is that this came out on the Wii U, which, you know, obviously they're going to sell more on the Switch. They just have more, uh, a bigger user base. But I never played it on the Wii U. I owned it on the Wii U. I never played it. And I now get to play it. And they have additional features that they didn't have before. They have new gameplay with Bowser's Fury. To me, it's justified. Like, yeah, $60 is always expensive, but there's so much in the game. They changed a lot of stuff with the game too. Like there's yeah. um like you can go down the pipes a little faster. Like if you yep. pound the pipe, you go immediately down. Um there's no loading on the uh, world screens after you finish. You used to pause the game to oh. save in between every okay. level. Mm-hmm. Um so it doesn't do that. Um everything's faster. I watched a speed run, somebody playing the Wii U as um Toad versus the slowest one, which is Peach. Mm-hmm. Um and Peach is faster in the Switch version than Toad was in Wii U. They've increased the speed on everything. Oh, that's um, awesome. So everything's a little faster, um, loads a little better, it's a little bit better graphically. Um, and, I mean, they just overall added a lot of little bells and whistles. Now, mm-hmm. non-handheld makes me mad on the touchscreen stuff. I do not like pressing the R button and then having to tap the R button to do the touch levels, the ones mm-hmm. where there's a lot of platformers. I'm not yep. a fan of that. That's the only thing. But if I played in handheld mode, it's fine. I just touch yeah. the screen real fast, and it's great. But like my daughter and I trying to play those, it was a test of patience versus just being fun. That was my only thing I really didn't like. Everything else is like perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. But that's how they had to do it with that touchscreen section. Um, all the spots where you blow into the Wii U, because there's platforms on the Wii U version where you blow into it and it moves a platform up. Those are now all auto-scrolling platforms, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's fine to me. Um, lose a little bit of the fun um, from the Wii U, but there's no way you could implement that without being it being annoying. So right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that would be it. But the game is amazing. 100% great. Is Bowser's Fury the way that they're going to go with the next Mario game with everything being open world with no hub world? Maybe. 
Mm. Maybe. Um, who's to say? Nintendo's always notorious for wanting to do new stuff all the time, so I wouldn't say that they're necessarily 100% going to have open-world Mario next where everything is flawless. Um, right. But if they do go that way, that'd be cool. I just hope that you don't have the constant reliance on the changes because as I was playing through Bowser's Fury, I was kind of like trying to just do stuff and then it just turns to brain right. and I gotta wait. And it's like, oh man. Um, it, it was becomes it, a gimmick almost sometimes where you yeah. just want to play the game and you're like, okay, I gotta stop now. Or I gotta remember where was something that Big Bowser can destroy that yeah. I can get to. Um it kind of reminded me of Majora's Mask, where you mm-hmm. constantly have that ticking time bomb, and you're like having to move fast in short bursts and remember stuff. And that's a different mentality. But if they go the route of a Bowser's Fury when it comes in terms of open world, I hope they just allow us to enjoy it. Right. <laughs> Let it sink in, man. Sink I still in. don't understand how we don't have a true Bowser game because I feel like. There's so many, like, with Odyssey, you can play, you, you know, you take him over at the end for, like, a level or two, which is really cool. Here mm-hmm. you see, like, this crazy big Bowser, and I'm just thinking, like, when do we get a game where it goes through the history of Bowser and you play from his perspective? <laughs> yeah, because like, the closest we got was Bowser's inside story. Right. Um, but then you play as the Mario's inside of him, Mario Brothers mm-hmm. inside of him, and then you play as Bowser on the out, out world, yeah. and that's an RPG, um, which is like, cool. I like that you can play as Bowser Jr. I think it's fun, especially for my son. That's his character right now. <laughs> um, but I really want, like, I want takes on Mario. And I've, we've talked about this before. Like, my wish list is, like, you go through the history, like, you time, like, you kind of go through, like, the multiverse or whatever, the universe of Mario where you're jumping between the games. But I really want, like, a, a bad guy perspective. And you get, like, why is Bowser the way he is? Why is he always doing this? And I feel like you're at the point now with, the graphics and the gameplay and all the various modes you've seen of him that you can make a really fun like true bowser game and then yeah. have, have mario come in at those points where you're kind of like you know you're facing facing the good guy but for the most part it's really bowser story with his kids and things like that and i think it would be just a really unique game and you're having to fight off Mario or something. Exactly. Like, how <laughs> awesome would that be? It would be cool. I mean, there's no reason not to do something like that. And, right. you know, as the Switch continues, and I hope it continues forever, um, <laughs> like too. maybe we see some weird stuff in there. And mm-hmm. so, um, so everybody, absolutely, Mar- Mario 3D World is another solid feather in, in Nintendo's cap, like 100%. Yep. Um, so the transition piece. Um yes. Rewind functions. Let's talk about Capcom Arcade Stadium. Did yep, you actually I, I, get to play it? Yes, I I downloaded it. Um, so really quick before anyone forgets is that JP is about to shiny penny the no the no little it's, download. It's super yeah. Download it now because it's obviously free with 1943 or yeah two. yeah. Right now, uh, when you download the game, you get 1943 the arcade version for free. When you and download the game, that comes with everyone. But JP happened to, as his Twitter influencer <laughs> side, uh, shared a link. Ghost and Goblins is free right now mm-hmm. to download. With um, the impending release of the remaster slash revamp game that's coming out, they allowed us to play Ghost and Goblins for free. Right, and I think that's maybe until February 25th. I could be wrong, but either way, 
just download it now because you'll get it add to that Capcom collection yeah. for free. So you when don't you want to click on the link, anything. all you have to do is log into your Nintendo Switch account. You yep. click up, you click a button, and it automatically goes to your account and downloads it. Like it downloaded it in the background, and by the time I went to my Switch, it was already on it. Yep. And then when I loaded it up, so um, Capcom Arcade Stadium's interesting. I think they're selling the games in different packs, or you can yep. spend like forty bucks to get all of the games. Um, but it's a giant, it's, it's essentially Nintendo and Super Nintendo online, but for mm -hmm. Capcom arcade games. The interesting piece is, is the options that it gives per game. So like 1943, for example, number one, you can change all the different visuals to, you can mm -hmm. have like scan lines or arcade style glitches, or like you can make it look like a CRT or an arcade monitor. Um, you can change the orientation. So if you have a flip grip, you can play it in Tate mode or horizontal mode or vertical mode, just mm -hmm. like 1943 was, and you can actually play it with a bigger screen instead of it being squished on your screen, which right. is really cool. Um, if you don't use the flip grip, though, it doesn't necessarily change the controls. Mm -hmm. um, you can, though, rotate the screen instead of doing it the orientation. You can also rotate the screen so you can keep the controls if you just want to like play it on the side with a uh, controller or something it's mm -hmm. there's multiple ways to do to skin the cat but you can do that um what i thought was interesting though was the difficulty settings so you you have multiple difficulty settings for each game including ghosts and goblins has the same thing ghosts and goblins is not a vertical style screen like 1943 it's a more horizontal style screen um you can Stretch them all ugly, by the way. You can do that if you want to. Nobody will, mm -hmm. but you can. You can also play the game with a little arcade, like the actual arcade cabinet showing on the screen, but there's like, then the screen's like really, really tiny, the play field. Yep. Um, so I don't think I will ever do that unless I'm on like a <laughs> giant screen. Um, like, because I'm playing on handheld mode, what I've been playing it on, or on my kiosk, and my kiosk TV isn't gigantic either. But. Right. Um, the difficulty settings though. So if you put it on like, you can put it on like easy and it actually modifies it just like it would an arcade dip switch back in the day. And you can adjust the lives, you can adjust all the stuff. Um, but you also hit the R Z R button and you can rewind. So I, I found it. myself using it for coasting <laughs> goblins, and I was sitting there fighting the end boss of the first world, which is the giant ogre guy. And I got he like right after me and hit me, and I was like, "Oh, rewind!" And I can move backward a little bit and then not get killed. <laughs> so um, I was doing exactly what Josh was doing with Mario. I was doing with Capcom arcade games, which are meant to suck your quarters down. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also getting through levels of 1943 um, and. Basically, if I find myself about to die, just rewind a second and miss that bullet. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't use it until I'm almost dead. Um, I, I mean, I just used the rewind yesterday for the first time. I went through the first two or three levels without any issue because the difficulty starts to ramp up after the first few levels. Because that's, mm -hmm. that's how they used to get you in the arcades. Put in a quarter, you get far enough to the point where you're like, oh man, I got like two worlds in. I want to put in another quarter. Um, <laughs> You know, with these arcade games, though, playing it on a console, you want to play a little longer. The rewind function's great. Am I going to say I mastered the arcade games afterward? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they have hardcore modes. And you don't have to use any of these different features. You can just play the game. Um, but so far, it's really cool. Am I going to go and buy every pack? 
I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a Switch exclusive, so if they bring it to Xbox Arcade, or not Xbox Arcade, but Xbox uh, Game Pass, and they mm-hmm. give us everything for free, then I'm definitely not going to buy everyone. Um, but I may buy some of the games that are in- more interesting in the future, if mm-hmm. if so. It's, it's only going to be digital. I'm assuming they're not going to bring a physical with it, because it just doesn't make sense. I will say that with Capcom, it's always tricky. In the U.S., yeah. I, I, I would be surprised if we got a true physical, especially if they're adding games. But we have seen like the Capcom belt collection get a physical in Japan that was only digital in the U.S. And also one thing I've seen with like uh, Bandai Namco Bandai right now is, um, you know, in Japan and Asia, they'll do a physical for like the Namco Namcock collection. But mm-hmm. like in Europe, they did digital codes and cases that gave you like, you know, 10 games on one, 10 on the other. Um with this one now i never bought the belt collection so it'd be interesting to compare this to that because you know this is the newest version with the shiniest bells and whistles but like would it even be worth them releasing capcom arcade stadium physically because they already have the belt collection out and it has different games assumingly because i haven't played belt um belt is more i thought beat-em-ups and fighting games but um Yeah, it was like yeah. seven, I think, seven beat-em-up games, which, you know, are super fun. And obviously, this has shmups. It has a whole different uh, array games. of games. I would say that if they did it in Japan, they would probably do it once most of the games are released, or at least the whole first wave. Because mm-hmm. um, Japan does Yeah, because they do it, what, generation by generation. It's like 80s, 90s, early yeah. 2000s, I think. It only goes up to 2001, 2003, something like that. Um, but I do like the genres, the variety that they have. It has mm-hmm. a cool style. I like being able to change all the backgrounds and stuff. And right, I mean, I, I mean, right now I'd be surprised if we see a physical anywhere. But if we saw it anywhere, I would say Japan would probably be the first region to get it. Um, and I really hope that they bring a lot of different games because sometimes I, I see these collections and it's the same same games that you see in other in mm-hmm. other releases or whenever they spotlight, you know. Uh, a developer's you know collection catalog of games it's always like the same kind and sometimes you just want to see like maybe more obscure titles or things that may have not been more widely known you know what's but funny right now, about that is that that's exactly what people are criticizing about super nintendo and nintendo online right now is that there's two obscure games that came out with this last <laughs> iteration i'm like i thought it's awesome that we got some random yeah. new super famicom game or that was never released in the u.s <laughs> right i, I mean, mean that stuff's cool. I always think that they should. It, it's a you should have a good mix. You should definitely have like the fan favorites, and then mm-hmm. bring something that's not as widely known because it still may be a good game, but just not enough people knew about it at the time. Um, with this one, I definitely love the arcade feel, kind of going to the different cabinets uh, in the menus, and mm-hmm. then having all those different options. So I definitely recommend downloading the free one, getting the first two games for free, and then you know, kind of picking and choosing or waiting for sales on the bundles, but. I commend Capcom for doing this, um, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see kind of how they keep building it from here. Yeah, I mean, I thought it's awesome. So mm. do we want to do a, a quick fire, maybe cover a few games that we, we played recently that we played for premium that we may or may not sign, and we'll let um, listeners you know, provide feedback. If you, you can leave us a voicemail still on Anchor. Um, or you can just tag JP on Twitter and say, no, release this game. <laughs> well, I will say some of the games that we're going to talk about are direct results of whenever we put out a, a tweet or a post asking, you know, what game do you recommend? What would you love mm-hmm. to see physical? Some of these, I probably, I mean, I'm sure in some way or form, 
at least one person recommended it. But a lot of these are, are direct results of people just commenting and us going like, let's check it out and let's see if it's possible for us to try out the game and talk to the developer maybe. Um, you know, we're at different stages, obviously, with lots of games, but this is because of people's feedback. So keep exactly. it coming. Exactly. So um, the first game I want to talk about is one that was a little more affordable of a game um, that we played. It's called yep. Goblin Sword. Mm-hmm. Goblin Sword. Oh my gosh, the game's so cool. It's like <laughs> um, you go on each level, they scroll all around. It's, you know, pixelated graphics. You got upgradable swords and armor and all this cool stuff. Um, different types of items that will power you up. I got. Like right now, I have a little Reaper that goes and kills guys on the level too. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool stuff. Um, the developer literally told us that the the game is too affordable, and so it doesn't see it needing a physical right now, which we think is interesting. Um, that a developer would try to not sell themselves on us doing a physical potentially in the future. Um, but it's a it's only a couple bucks online though, right? Um, oh yeah i think i mean it's been on sale i think as low as at the time 99 cents i don't think it's i don't think it's more than a 10 dollar game normally and so Um, like um, that's where we see like you know the online um community where they would expect to see this game for like 20 bucks which isn't doable physically so i mean it's one of those where if we could sign something like that um you know we would get criticized for charging too much money but it's the cost of the physical items, not necessarily the digital game. So right. that would be the only reason why we wouldn't want to go with a game like a, a Goblin Sword online. But the game is awesome. It's fun. It, it deserves to be preserved physically. So um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on Goblin Sword, JP? Well, I've played very little of it. So uh-huh. I think you have more of a, a opinion on it. But I mean, to me, it's one, I will say it's one that I've seen a number of people comment that it deserves a physical. Yep. It's a lot of fun. You know, from what I've seen, you know, I've obviously watched the trailer. I've watched gameplay. I played a little bit of it so far. I like it. And not necessarily with this developer, but I have seen, you know, from others, they talk down their own games. Like when we, <laughs> when we, when we bring up the idea of like, Hey, you know, are you interested in the physical? Cause that's the first question we always ask is that, do you have any interest or plans to do a physical? Because obviously mm-hmm. We don't want to waste their time or hours. And sometimes we actually get like the feedback from the developers going like, yeah, the game isn't that much on the eShop. I don't know if people would want a physical. And to us, the first thing we always do, like Jeff and I talk about, it, is the game fun. That's the first thing. It's not how much the game costs on the eShop. It's nothing about the price point. It's, is the game fun? Mm-hmm. And it's weird when you hear a developer who spent years on their games kind of like, being hesitant because they're worried that maybe digital sales weren't as good or the price is too low. And it's more like, well, let us worry about that because we're going to take the risk on that. That's not you. Um, but it's, it's weird because it's almost like if I made a game and I put my heart and soul into it, I'd want it physical if somebody presented it to me. Exactly. And, and it feels weird when you kind of have to convince the developer, like, we like your game. We don't care if it's sold X amount of digital copies. We don't care if it's on sale for X amount of dollars. Like, we like your game. We want to do a release on it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something new that I probably didn't expect at all when we started this company of, of getting that kind of reception. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, well, I and and keep in mind, like we're talking with developers, but we're slow rolling our releases. Oh yeah. So like we're only doing 
so many per series that we're doing. And like, if we sign any new games, it's going to be a, f- a long ways out at this point. So like, it's one of those pieces where if, if people want us to release some of these games we're talking about today, like, let us know, like, hey, yeah, no, JP's crazy or Jeff's crazy. Like, you absolutely need to sign this one because yeah. we we enjoy these games. But on the other side, like, our slowness that we're doing purposely, like, we kind of, you know, mentioned that anything that we're doing a guide is, like, mi- maximum once a quarter. Um, and as you can see with our first one, it's, like, almost six months, essentially, what oh, yeah. we're doing with our first guide. Um, just because we're, we're letting think we're doing things the correct way. Um, we're not just going to speed up for the sake of, oh, we need to put, push out all these games every other week. Let's announce a new physical. Um, right. Cause then it's and, just too much. And I will say that one thing that it it's hard being on this side now and also still on the collector side is that we are privy to information about upcoming releases that aren't announced yet because yep. obviously we're talking with the developers and the digital publishers. So when somebody goes like, JP, is this game getting a physical or this game should get a physical? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you know, it's easy for me not to share because I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that, but at the same time, it's hard because it's like, oh, we know this, and we can't yep. say anything because it's not our place to say it. But um, I'll just well, and, I'll, and I'll certain times, like we don't want to tank the developers, um, their digital yeah. sales. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I will say that we listen to all of the comments, whether you know we just click the like button or we actually respond yeah. when you ask questions. Trust me, we see it and. There were a couple that that we knew that have recently been announced. Like, Sydney Hunter we knew about because I know John Lester. It's the game straight one. So he's like, yeah, fortunately, we already had a physical. And they've posted multiple times online that they're doing physical. Um, The other one was um, Retro Mania Wrestling was the other one that we knew about a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they were talking with us, too. Um, And we ended up uh, not coming to an agreement and not going. They didn't go with us. We didn't go with them. So... Um, but like we knew about retro mania wrestling, like way ahead of time. <laughs> so okay. interesting, interesting is all I got to say. Um, but so another game, uh, this one was part of a multi-pack. So we, we get like sometimes a developer or digital publisher will give us multiple games to check mm-hmm. out. Um, and there's one that I super really dig. JP doesn't necessarily dig it. It was called Lost Wing. And I can't stop playing the damn thing. Um, it's like a third-person racing shooting game where you're like going very fast down a corridor, like F zero, um, but you're like avoiding certain different obstacles sh- or shooting them and collecting different. And your ammo is limited, and then mm-hmm. you're having to like dodge and jump, and then there's a boss battle at the end of each stage, which is crazy. Um, so it's almost got a little bit of a bullet hell shooter to it with a racing feel. I still mm-hmm. haven't beaten the first world, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> but I keep going back and playing it. It's great. Um, it's I think it might be more of a budget title again. Mm-hmm. But um, with those type of companies, like we could multi-pack it too. But I dug it. I don't know how much you've dug Lost Wing. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I, I think it's a you know it's it's not my normal genre that I play, but I definitely think. From the collection of games we got, it was a fun one. Uh-huh. Another one I would say is also the Bug Catcher, the bug which catcher. has that that paying uh, adventure, the Buster Brothers collection kind of feel, mm-hmm. where you're you know you're shooting your weapon upwards as things are bouncing around. 
uh, to me, I found it to be very fun. I played through the first couple of levels. I think the dialogue is funny. I think the the graphics looks look very animated, and I like the gameplay. Like to me, that's that's a fun pick up and play kind of game. Cool power ups, things like that. So that's another one that we've been trying. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that we just played this last week. It's called Horned Night. Yeah. And this was what that was hilarious because I was playing it with London. It was like right after we played some Mario 3D World. She's mm-hmm. looking, she's like, "Why are the graphics like this, Daddy?" And it wasn't that it was eight bit aesthetics, which it kind of is, but it was that it was like super like linear and basic, and there wasn't a whole lot to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just a platformer. It doesn't have much to. It. You just go from left to right. You end the level, go to the next level. Um, versus like goblin sword which had a lot of different upgrades and stuff had a little more meat to the bone again though i think horn knight's another very affordable game mm-hmm. um but like it was like london gave it a thumbs down i sent jp a picture and she's like eh. <laughs> she didn't like it but um the thing is the game you know it has potential but needs to be like needs that something that little extra to just put it over the top mm-hmm. i don't know about you jp with horned yeah, I got through to the first battle. I thought it was fun. I don't want to use the word simple, so I don't know. I don't know necessarily if if later on in the levels there's new mechanics, but I would say the first like seven levels plus the boss were were a little repetitive. It was very kind of very straightforward. I like like games like that. I like unlockables. I like developing power ups, things like mm-hmm. that. And to me, it was just kind of like you could go through an entire level in like I would say anywhere from like thirty seconds to like two minutes. It wasn't that long. No. You know, when, when you die, you restart uh, at a checkpoint. So you kind of have like infinite lives because it's um, and, and like for challenges like that. But to me, yeah, I would say the same thing. It was, it was kind of missing like that something special. That well, special and if that developer had three other games just like that, we could do a quad pack. Like that's right. kind of like Pigeon Dev style where you have awesome P1 and 2. Um it had like that type of shortness to it where it needed it need it's gonna need other games to add it for a physical is what we're talking about here. Like it needs a little something more, right? Right. And even like Ooh, Bucket gosh. Knight has more upgrades and Bucket Knight's pretty sim- simplistic from Pigeon Death, has more upgrades and things than Horde Knight did. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, this is funny because you know, one thing that we talk about that we don't always publicize is that I mean, we love to make every game that we enjoy. We would love to do a physical, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. want to just preserve games. And to us, if it's fun, I wish we could just make the cartridge and and send it, send it out to everybody. And clearly, we're not at that point, and it's not Mm-mm. you know fiscal responsible to just you know pump out game after game. But I will say, like, it's hard sometimes because there's a lot of games that we do play that we just absolutely love. That if we could, it's like, yeah, we announce it the next day, and we we we'd help put it onto a cartridge i mean if just... nintendo would drop the minimums down to a thousand like we would be putting out a lot more games um and... probably why they're not going to do that by the way <laughs> yeah not, not anytime soon um and it's crazy because that that i mean i don't think it, it shouldn't be a secret because obviously if you're in the collector community you kind of know these things but it's five thousand copies of a cartridge to print um or manufacture at a minimum in North America, in Europe yeah. it's three thousand. In Asia, I want to say it's either three thousand or fifteen hundred because I, I see low numbers. But I'm North pretty America, sure it's three thousand, and they distribute or they diversify. It could be. I mean, but North America five thousand. I mean, it's a lot, especially for a new company. I mean, one thing that 
we've seen before is that it's a very high minimum to go into. I mean, it's it's 5,000 may not seem a lot when you talk about like Animal Crossing and Mario, but for indie titles, for new companies, 5,000 is a, it's a lot of copies. And you got to realize too, is like if we were due four physical releases, like, like what was it? Forever Limited that is doing? Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. it. Just the cartridge costs alone yep. would be over $150,000 startup. That's, I mean, you're talking about JP and Jeff here, not like <laughs> Capcom, Konami, Nintendo, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a lot of money. Like, that's why we're only doing two right now right. is like, that doesn't include all the other cool physical items in there that, you know, double the price. Like, right. we're we're looking at <laughs> the same amount for just two games when it comes to the full physical re- like release. Like, we're talking a lot of money and so that's where you know that we we appreciate the support of the community but we also have to be very very careful with how fast we go yeah um and that's one thing i'm personally learning is that as jeff will no doubt attest to i get very <laughs> excited when i hear that a game is like i want to say up for grabs but available for discussion <laughs> believe me whether the game came out on march 3rd 2017 or it's coming out in a month or so if I like a game, the first thing I'm thinking is like, oh my God, this game would be great for a physical because it's just, it's so <laughs> good. And then I have to remind myself, I'm like, well, we're normal people. We have X amount of money that we can use right now of our own and, you know, to 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 get these games out. And it's like, got to slow roll. It got to let this build naturally to the point where hopefully in a couple of years, we're able to do more games mm-hmm. and we're able to help the developers because at the end of the day, we say this all the time, but it's, it really is about preserving the games. I mean, we want to make mm-hmm. a cool physical to go along with that game because it deserves it, but we want those games to not be stuck on the eShop. We want people to find them down the road and be able to pop it in on the cartridge and play them and enjoy them. Um, and, and, we're I, the, and we're the little guy. So, like, we we're, we don't, we're not selling out right now because we're, we're new. Like, we're untested. Once we get those first two out there, people will know what we're about, and we hope then they will be you know, more than happy to support and to be able to get our next releases. But like right now, we're the little guys. So like we can't afford to do a super cheap, affordable release right now. Because number one, we're doing higher quality. We're not like going to have empty printing on the inside, a four page manual. Our manual, first manuals are like 20 pages or more. Um, Like we're, we're doing, you know, the card inside the case. We're doing different slip cases and bonus stuff and like we're doing all the extra stuff our our strategy guide is not a normal strategy guide like it's going to have multi-faceted depth to it and 3d aspects with the right. steel book jp went freaking crazy with it and it's like going to be ridiculous like first time that there's a horizontal like front and back and like all this craziness like we're doing a bunch of crazy stuff to the point where these companies reach out to JP Switch Mania and are like asking them, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, we're the little guy. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, how are we doing the the guides or this way or this way? Like, of course we're doing things the right way because we're asking Nintendo along the way. And I like to put a little twist on the concept of not selling out because we've seen yeah. it time and time again. Company ABC comes out with the game, doesn't sell out immediately. And in retail... You never have this discussion, but with the limited indie companies, when the game doesn't sell out, immediately people are like, oh, look, they didn't sell out. The bubbles burst. It's not a popular game, blah, blah, blah. 
here's yeah. the here's the spin though we are a new company we have two games that are literally mm-hmm. going to be coming out in the next two to three weeks barring any more crazy natural disasters it's shipping this is the time now where you get to know us if you've been listening to the playcast if you've been following us if you've been seeing jeff's work in the past but we literally have two games that are available so yeah. if you are looking to start your collection with us now's the perfect time the mm-hmm. games are available and i'm not i'm i'm not I'm not saying at all like, oh, you're going to see our games on eBay for 10 times the price. I'm not like that. We are very humble where we say. Hopefully not, actually. (laughs) But our games right now are available. And Uh if you've been if you've been waiting, now is the time because we aren't going to be pumping out game after game because it just takes time. And if we're not doing 20, 30 games a year like the other companies are doing, um, you know, like us doing a normal $35, $40 release, like we're only doing a few a year. Yeah, it takes, I mean, it it just takes time for us. And that's the thing is just Uh we have a small team. A lot of us, you know, we're doing this stuff. Most of this is JP and Jeff, everyone. Most of it. (laughs) JP, Jeff, and then we've got a great core team that's helping us with other aspects. But regardless, I mean, everything takes time for us because we still have full-time jobs and this is a full-time job. And family. So mm-hmm. no matter how fast we want to go, it's not even doable in the span of a day. No. But going back to the availability, the games are available. They're on our site. Pre-order mm-hmm. them. Start your collection. Don't miss out because you really don't want to be that person that finds out about us down the road. And we're, you know, on game 10 or 11, you're like, I can't find game one or two. And we've had it available mm-hmm. on our site for so long. Well, because- and as we prove with Series 1, not every game is going to get the deluxe. Right packaging and all that so like every series will have a deluxe and every that's the goal and then we really love the retro editions so i mean we have an idea with super blood hockey that everybody who supports um will be able to you know if they want to get a retro or something we have some ideas um talked with loren lemke the developer and he had a really cool idea and i think we're going to do something to, to really put it over the top. And it's not going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, if you want to get the retro edition, you got to buy it again. It's like, no, we're going to make sure we, we um, you know, support everybody that supported us. Like, we're not going to just be like, oh, yeah, spend $300 and you can get this version. Right. Like, and you got to buy the game again. Like, no, that's not how we roll. And mm-hmm. that's because we're the little guy. Like, like if we were a big business, we'd be like, yeah, we'll just release it and just buy it again, dude. Like, sorry. <laughs> but we have ideas. And so, like, we're going to have, like, a baseline standard that goes across the board, um, which we think will be really cool. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree with that. And um, mm-hmm. I, I would say another game that we've played, uh, and this is because of, of recommendations. I honestly did not know that this game had come out previously. Mm-hmm. And then somebody mentioned it, so I, I, I do what anybody does. I go to the eShop, I look at the trail, and I go, oh, dang, this game looks really good. Yeah. Um, it's Phenotopia Awakening. Oh, yeah. Um, Phonotopia Phenotopia. Phonotopia. I, oh, that game is so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that game. Um, it's got a really cool aspect where it's got that Metroidvania feel going back and forth. You have the overworld map. Then when you go into towns or to the forest, it goes to a 2D side-scrolling platforming type of game. You yeah. have so many different power-ups really cool animations and, and i do um, have to say like most of you probably don't know about the game because the developer said it didn't ha- like get a whole lot of digital like, sales which yeah so really everybody surprising. check it out and let us know because we want to prove like this game needs a physical like okay. it, i mean 
I would love to release that one in a, in a yeah. future series. Yeah, there's there's no hiding that. Like we played, and what's really cool is because obviously it has like that old school feel to it that we absolutely just gravitate like, towards. The overworld the is like Zelda two almost yeah. to where like so like you go into the the towns and it's like Metroidvania almost. Yep. Like every little town has its own like and again like Zelda two, but it's like a a two D platformer and there's lots of puzzles and secrets yeah. and missions and all that and then you go to the overworld and there's little everything. enemies on the outside. Yeah, and I will say, like, it's no secret. We absolutely want to do a physical for that. I'm hoping we can make it happen. And oh, that'd be cool. Obviously, you know, community support is big. If if this is a game that you want to see a physical, like, I'm just going to just say, just tag us, tag the developer. Let them know that this is a game you're interested in because that's really how, how this happens sometimes is that you need to build demand. You have to show mm-hmm. that it's, it's worth the time and investment. And we absolutely love this game. So it's no secret now that if you talk to us about it, yeah, we're, we're going to tell you we want to do a physical, and I'm really hoping at some point you get to see our name attached to that. And, you know, if uh, another company happens to listen to this and steals it from us, we'll be sad, but at least it's getting a physical. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. Like, when we talk about these games, like, it's like, well, somebody else does it. Like, we've mentioned, we're rolling slow. Um, so, like, like while we're disappointed we didn't sign Retromania Wrestling, we're happy it's getting a physical. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, if somebody came up behind and got Phonotopia, well, number one, the developer seems sad that nobody played it. Like, I was like, man, this game is really freaking cool like it's the same thing with goblin sword like they were like yeah we're, we don't think it it there's enough interest for a physical for goblin sword and we're like well we enjoy it yeah like i'm like i'm i get it. it's a little bit more of a budget um phonotopia is not though like it's pretty expensive um yeah, it's, a, it's a 20 dollar eShop title which is it's pretty big for an indie but i will say the amount of gameplay and the crafting and the fishing and the exploration and the puzzles. I mean, it is a full-fledged game. This is not a, I'm playing it for two hours and I beat it. I mean, you're you're investing, I mean, honestly, like, I think what I've been reading is, like, up to, like, 20-plus hours. I mean, it's a huge game, and it's so well done. I mean, mm-hmm. it also has those quality-of-life aspects that we talked about where if you want to turn off certain things or, you know, kind of make the game a little bit easier for you to go through, you can do all that, and... I love that they put that in there because it gives you the option to play your way. Um, But the game, I mean, honestly, like this is a game where once I learned about it, I was so surprised that there hadn't been a physical because it's just one of those games where I feel like it checks all the right boxes. Yep. So so speaking of checking all the right boxes, there's a game that was recently released that we definitely both enjoyed um, called Cathedral. And yeah, that one was good. Oh my god, we got to play that game um, in Steam, and we knew it was coming out on the Switch. It's now uh-huh. dropped on the Switch. It's like a Metroidvania, has a lot of Shovel Knight references. Like, they are very open with the Shovel Knight references, and even in the story, like, they kind of jokingly yep. talk about it. Um, there are so many cool aspects. It is super freaking hard. Um, not as hard as Hollow Knight, but definitely in that realm of the Metroidvania of like a little bit of a more grindy type. But it is so polished. The music is amazing. If we can release this physically, like 100%, like I know both of us are interested in signing it. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. But like, 
and it's it's just so cool. That one, it I've just recently saw reviews and people are, are liking it. It's getting what sevens and eights out of ten, but because yeah. like, but all, the only thing I've seen on the reviews is that like people are like, oh, Metroidvanias are played out. I'm like, I still like them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when what you're gonna see is that we like all games, but we really like retro inspired platforming type of games. Like, yeah, us, that's just what we love. So. I honestly would say, like, don't be surprised if that's what you see from our catalog more often mm-hmm. than not, because to us, those are just pinnacles of fun. There's lots to do in the games, and and that's what we want is that we want people to, and, and us too, we want to be able to invest time in the games, get connected to it, and just have fun with it. And that's really just that 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 genre just has all that for us. And I mean, <laughs> if you want to see us release Cathedral, like, hit us up. Like our Discord, we have a recommendation forum. Tag JP yep. online. Tag the developer. Say premium needs to do it. Like, I mean, the best thing you could do for us is that we're constantly looking at games. I mean, we go back, and what's nice that you know Jeff put together the Switch Collector Volume One and Volume mm-hmm. Two is that we get a chance to revisit the library of eShop only games. So we are not opposed to going back. And this is just a general like uh mentioned but we are not opposed to going back to the early days of the eShop or at any point because if a game is good then it's good now it's just that there's so many games that come out that some games get overlooked some games you know they there's so many that maybe you know sometimes you want to just be caught up on like releasing a, a newer I release mean, game a perfect but- example jp is a robot named fight like that's yep. a year two game that was completely under the radar me working on the volume two and volume three i was like oh my god this game doesn't even have a physical like this game has a huge following like what the heck so we reached out and they're like yeah we'll do a physical with you (laughs) so like that's why we announced it in our direct because we already had that sucker signed back in you know june (laughs) we announced it in august but we had it like may june we had that sucker signed um and it's ironic because we're like, man, we're going to release that game like a year after we signed it. That's crazy. Uh-huh. But, we're, but we're not opening pre-orders, people. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's like we have no problem going back into the adults of the Switch catalog and pulling out those hidden gems out there that need of preservation. Yeah, and I will say like my point before is that I don't know every game that came out. I mean, mm-hmm. I go to the eShop, but there's just so many. So if there's a game that you really like, while we can't promise anything – tag us tag the developer send us a link let us know that this game exists and we're happy to look into every single game that you send our way because and you know whether it's funny now, jp what you know what's funny yeah is that we don't with these older games and both super blood hockey and all four pigeon dev games yeah. um the newest release was awesome p2 which was last summer when we signed it but yeah. um it's we don't expect those to sell out because they're they've been available for a little bit, but we just want a solid catalog yeah. of games that we have. They don't have yeah. to all be blockbuster Zelda Mario caliber like craziness. They all just have to have the passion of the developer. Developers have to be passionate about what they create. They have to love their games, and we have to both love it. We have to both enjoy it. And so far, every single game we've signed, regardless of the level, regardless of the genre, we've enjoyed, and they're oh, yeah. amazing and they're fun. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my. So I only have one more game to talk about. Um sure. I don't know if you have any others. Um, but 
I've been playing. This is one of the newer ones that JP sent over. Um, the Turing Test. Yes. Oh my goodness! So it's essentially everybody. It's Portal, man. It is Portal on the Switch. It is 3D. It's definitely not retro inspired like we've been releasing so mm-hmm. far. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we couldn't. Um, but the Turing Test is so funny. It has the same kind of commentary that you have in portal except for you're shooting little beams of light instead of manipulating portals you're shooting beams of Mm -hmm. light to manipulate levers doors and power um in the levels i just i was playing it again last night just can't stop playing the damn thing um oh yeah i think i'm stuck on uh what am i stuck on there's there's another puzzle i got to and i couldn't figure it out um typically like there was this one there's like a conveyor belt and there's a magnet that pulls up these magnetic because you have the beams of light and then you have a magnetic thing that contains Mm -hmm. the beam of light and so there's two different ways that you can do these adjustments and um i'm just sitting there and there's like a magnet there's a conveyor belt and there's a laser the laser kills the magnet beam and drops the thing so you can't get it over to where you want to drop it so you can pick it up because it's like contained in this little center console and so i didn't realize on the other side you can pull the beam of light that removes the magnetism but there's also a switch Yep. I didn't see the switch, and I was like, oh, as soon as I saw the switch, it changes the beam of light over, and I'm like, oh, this is so much easier now, okay. But, like, you literally just sit there, and it's, like, puzzle style, just like Portal. You can, there's multiple ways to skin the cat, um, and it's just ridiculous fun. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I, from the minute that the game opens up, and you're really just kind of, like, getting to your shuttle, um, and you're just, I'm just looking around. I mean, there's no puzzles in the very, very beginning for, like, maybe five minutes 10 minutes or so but yeah it just looks nice and then the puzzle started i'm like yeah this is like the type of puzzle games i really like they make you think they're very creative and yeah i um that would be great to do a physical and we've seen people this is i mean it literally came from people mentioning the turing test and i and mm-hmm. then i think they tagged somebody on the team that liked it so you know we got to contact just to try it out and we're no i would say we're nowhere yet in the discussion process but it's no. one that caught our eye that we'd love to bring physically um so that is and and that's like all these games like we either we've we've talked to people on it um if we sign something we're not going to tell you um on any of these (laughs) and we're going to say that we're interested in signing all of these um outside of maybe horned night which we would need to see more games with it i would say every other one we would be interested in signing um yeah Probably Goblin Knight too. It's a smaller game. Like we would like to do a multi-pack. The problem is, is if you don't have the same developer doing it, then um, a like a digital publisher, somebody like um, Digerati, who signs multiple games from different developers, they would have to like split their the revenue between developers, so they wouldn't make as much money. So it wouldn't be as fair to a developer. We don't think. Right. I mean, that's kind of from our perspective is like we want to make sure everybody is taken care of for how awesome their games are and how much time they put into it. So right. when it comes to a multi-pack, it's like Pigeon Dev where it's the same. Anna did all four games. It's yep. the same person. That way she's getting, you know, the recognition and the monetary compensation as well from the physical sales. Right. Um, but yeah, so like we're interested in designing everything, all the things, but... We go slow, people. So if you're if you think one of these games that we talked about today, you want us to sign, like go, no, 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 you need to you need to reach out now because um, series two is is packed. Um, right. Series three is getting there. So and series three is whenever series two is done, and we haven't even announced any other games besides for a robot name fight. Yeah. Um, 
we're about to do a direct here probably next month you're about to see a direct probably like we're waiting for the the games to get out because and we're going to announce what we alluded to with super blood hockey we're going to announce that during the direct what we're doing with it yep which we think is going to be pretty awesome Mm -hmm. we were shooting around like do we want to do like a season one or series one like book all this stuff and i'm like oh i wouldn't i would go crazy because i don't think i'd have the time to continue doing the premium guides finishing up switch collector volume two and i I would be putting too many eggs in my basket um we could do a history like of year by year maybe in the future or Mm -hmm. something when when it makes sense maybe we'll do something like that but like didn't make sense to um to do it at this point in juncture and do like a kickstart or anything like we're gonna keep everything on our site i think um right I mean, we had ideas initially, like even with like a Patreon and stuff, and it's like that's too many pieces right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember I, that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that'd be super cool. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, we would have been overloaded with questions. Like hell no. Yeah. <laughs> like like I still think that there would be something a cool way to do it in the future, but definitely not now. And also didn't anticipate the way that the general collector population just sees us as a multi-million dollar mega corporation immediately it's like no man we're, we're jp and jeff and yeah. other community members like erica barry rowan dan right. <laughs> like, don't want to leave anybody up but yeah you're right i mean yeah. it's we're, Break we're the tank. guys and we want to have fun <laughs> with these releases so all i would say is thank you to everyone that has supported us thank you to everyone who's been watching us mm-hmm. if you haven't pre-ordered our games now is definitely the time because you're going to mm-hmm. start seeing that pre-order status change to shipping status. Um, and yeah. we obviously I mean, only made- We're saying like within a week, people, like it's going to yeah. be shipping. Um, we're going to change the way. So if you want the free shipping on Pigeon Dev, like it's about to change. The shipping's not going to increase. The price isn't going to increase. But it's it's literally going to go to um, transition to charging for the shipping again because the shipping mm-hmm. rates have went up again. And that's why we got to change it. Um, so just if you want to get it how it's currently going... Um, and hopefully we're you, those of you in the UK are able to get it soon. I know Brexit like complicated things mm-hmm. from what I'm tracking, which I got to figure out because one of the switch collector volume one backers is in the UK and I need, I have this stuff sitting here. I actually got the glasses in. So I'm shipping this weekend out to everybody that has been waiting. Cause I was waiting on the, um, the red switch collector glasses, one of the guys is in the UK, but you have to like, I think it's every single piece of every single item you have to put where the origin is. Something crazy. And that's why like Video Games Plus like turned it off for a little bit so they could get all of their templates ready. Um, and it's super expensive, I think. Like, I don't know. I got to figure that one out. So I might contact the guy and see if he can help me too, like the, the customer, the backer. <laughs> I'm be like, hey, how do we do this for your country? I want to get you your stuff, man. Um, ours, though, like almost everything is done in the U.S. So um, for Switch Collector, I think there's like just the book itself was printed in Korea, China. Um, mm-hmm. I have it. I can't remember. I know that the current one is China. It's just whoever is the most affordable at the time because... Um, I, I have a company in the U.S. that I print through, but they market it around the world mm-hmm. just so we can get the best price for the best quality. Um, it's kind of how you do it. But I think you have to do it like that. So it, that's why we hope, to, though, that all our premium stuff will be shipped out soon. Or be, you can at least pre-order it or buy it mm-hmm. <laughs> from Video Games Plus. It'd be nice, right? Um, it would be, yes. And it, it will be coming back. So I, I appreciate everyone that is 
is uh, passionate about that's in the UK that's trying to pre-order our game, you will be able to. There's mm-hmm. copies available. Um, so everyone should be good. And I'm really hoping, you know, this coming week is when it, it's back up. But we'll uh, we'll definitely share VGP's announcement that they'll, they'll put out this week. And then hopefully it's just good news that you can secure our game. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, <clears throat> the final piece I want to talk about was um, I got some little Switch Nintendo cartridges in the mail from Retro Fighters. Uh-huh. And... I posted a picture with our games in them because we have the, you know, the cartridges from Nintendo already. Um, and they look awesome. Um, I think that, you know, people have done these type of things on Etsy or whatever, but mm-hmm. these are absolutely, like, professionally done by Retro Fighters. And there's, like, a little, like, notch on the inside where, like, you press on the Switch cartridge and it clicks in place just like a... I love that. It's like a um, SD card or something, like, in yeah. your Switch. It does the same thing. And it's so cool. It just fits in there perfectly. I have them both leaning against the kiosk, both of our games, just, like, in the little <laughs> Switch cartridges, and it looks so cool. Like, yeah. it reminds me of an NES collection, like, just being able to display them. And now it's just opening up another way to display my games. Um, yeah, well, yeah, mine came in yesterday as well. So they come eight to a... There's a cartridge holder that holds eight of these mini NES... And the cartridge things. holder has the NES cartridge, like, little lines on it. <laughs> and did you notice on the back it says, like, do not immerse in water, do not yeah. put in the cream. I was like, oh, I love that little touch. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, it's just so cool. And, you know, there's no label on it because the Switch cartridge is the label. And the black matches the black on the Switch cartridge. Yep. (laughs) It's just just so cool. Like, it's just the little touches that they did. Like, I like what Retro Fighters does. Um, And who knows, like... You know, there's they're doing switch controllers too. Maybe we can talk with them and figure out a way for it to fit a future pre- premium deluxe or something. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of cool because it's a cool little item. It'll fit in our it'll fit in our cases. So if you want to see like something like that in our releases in the future, like I think that might fit a retro edition or a deluxe edition. I don't know. It just depends on how much it costs per per uh, little little cartridge holder but that's the kind of stuff where it's like we're looking at it and we're like i could absolutely i want every one of my games in that displayed oh, oh <laughs> yeah i was thinking is like what would be cool to have like a cool like uh filing cabinet like car catalog thing with these cartridges that you flip through and you just see all the cartridges and they're and they obviously would stand up nicely you know next mm-hmm. to each other and yeah i i'm a fan of these these are so cute they're so cool and they're a perfect way to display the cartridges finally exactly and they're tiny so it's like yeah. i mean heck if we could just release the games in those <laughs> like i have to have the whole case that'd be awesome but um or figure out a way for that to fit inside the switch case like perfectly or like a oh, steel book cool or something too. like oh yep. it'd just be cool like it just our minds when it comes to like creators start to like go go nuts now and just trying to figure out a way to incorporate it would be fun uh-huh. it'd be super fun um, so I think that's about it uh, for this episode. Uh, we're almost yeah. at two hours. That was a long one. And we didn't even talk about the direct this time. Yeah, well, I mean, we're waiting for, for Barry. He actually, as predicted, woke up. There was a little bit of a beeping that you uh, heard earlier in the episode. And then I was typing or clicking around a little bit during part of it because I was recreating our um, <laughs> our background banner because <laughs> our background banner had the direct and now it's just Bowser's Fury. So... <laughs> Gotta love like making the making the eggs while we're making the cast. 
But yeah, Barry was like messaging and Skype, and there's a little beep, and I'm like, no, no, Barry, don't message there anymore. <laughs> message on, message on Facebook only, because it doesn't beep. Because how we do it is we record the desktop, and so it right. picks up the little beep on Skype. <laughs> and yeah, Barry like woke up like about 30 minutes. He slept through his alarm or something. Like I don't know. I was up working on stuff like early, early this morning. So. Mm-hmm. I'll be um, working on the case inserts and getting them done. And when I say that, like we already have like our next game we're going to announce. I already have the case front mock-up done, but I'm talking about like the Nintendo approved case inserts. Like we're mm-hmm. already at that point. I already finished the cartridges, the challenge cards, the patches. Um, and now the case inserts is next. I got the retro boxes done yesterday. I sent to JP and he was, Mouth was open. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Changed a little bit of things, too, based on our art and stuff. Because, like, with A Robot Named Fight, we have an artist that did a canvas painting for the Retro Edition. And it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. So, So think about this. We have a canvas painting that we're taking and then putting into the... Super Nintendo style box for a robot named Fight, which takes inspirations of Super Metroid and giving it a Super Metroid flavor. But I'm creating it like they did back in the 90s, which is awesome. Um, so there was another piece, though, that I was doing from the same artist for a different game that we haven't announced. And I'm like, oh, there's nowhere to fit the logo. <laughs> so I would have find a way that we could utilize that art somewhere else in our release. But it's like, and there was another piece of art with that release that looks amazing. And JP was like, oh, no, this is what we have to do. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> so, like, we go back and forth. And, like, it's funny the way we create stuff is, like, old school. Where we, like, take the team. We ping everything off everyone. And oh, it's, yeah. It's super cool. Um, but, yeah, I got the retro boxes done. And then, I mean, all that's left is the the soundtrack. Um, soundtracks for the different releases and I, i'm not saying that like i'm doing all the releases at the same time even the ones we haven't announced so we're gonna have stuff like further along than when we announced um super blood hockey and pigeon death yay like the unannounced game is already approved for lot check people try to find it Try to find it and tag us if you do. Because <laughs> it's already approved for Logic. We already have almost all the physical items done. Um, going through the Nintendo approval right now. Like, it'll be ready to order um, soon, which is pretty funny. We haven't even announced it yet. It's great. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> find it. Tag us. Um, and then, of course, our robot name fights a premium guide. I know um, 8-Bit Steve's going to be starting the... Um, laying out how he's going to write up the guide here this upcoming month um Mm -hmm. because that's a beast Uh, we're about to order the pigeon dev guide because we were waiting like we mentioned earlier the chinese new year but it's already approved we already have the quotes done everything for that the neo geo case which is done by a different creator but shipped to them directly and the premium sleeve Mm -hmm. um which has that konami aesthetic so the book looks way different than the 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 promo items by the way which is pretty crazy <laughs> a lot more game boy aesthetics which is purposeful which is cool excellent um, yeah um soundtracks already all the artworks already done with the soundtrack we're just waiting on we're literally just waiting on people to make stuff for us yep. <laughs> so we're close people um <laughs> should we do where to find us now yes of course so you can find us at premium edition games.com see you later no <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so for me, um, obviously the books are at HagensAlley.com. I'm on Facebook and the Twitter at Hagen's Alley, and I'm at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. I posted a lot about Zelda today since it is the 35th anniversary as of the day of this recording. Yep, Sunday of this recording was the is what they're calling the 35th anniversary day. I don't think it is, but <laughs> back in the day, there were no actual dates. It was just release window, but that, that's okay. I'll let, I'll let them all have this. <laughs> what about you, JP? Yeah, uh, find us at premiumeditiongames.com. All right, bye, everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter for Premium Edition. Uh, for me, jpswitchmania.com or jpswitchmania on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. Uh, I love talking about all the upcoming physical releases, all the deals going on, sales, whatnot, new releases. So come hang out with us. Yeah, and thanks, everybody, for your support, seriously, from premium edition perspective we appreciate it um from hagan's alley i always i'm always humble when people want to buy the books and dig dig what i'm writing to um just you know make sure that you share like tweets support as much as you possibly can because the more people that see us we we definitely appreciate it um we will uh next episode be talking the nintendo direct we're waiting for barry um and we'll see if jp opened uh astral chain which spoiler i probably don't Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will uh, see you next time. Bye.